And welcome back, everybody, to the latest and greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. This this time of year, we're at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, we are. And we're here to talk about day one of the Senior Bowl. Unfortunately, Jay could not be here for this episode, but I got my good friend Robert Schmitz here to help me out with it. How are you doing today, Robert? I'm doing well. I look shorter than ever seated on this little bed, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we didn't have a great time in Mobile. You can probably see the nasty sunburn that a lot of us came away with because the oh, sun yeah. came out of absolutely nowhere. And you know who else did? Plenty of these players. So I can't <laughs> wait to dig into, like you were talking, telling me pre-show, who we liked and who surprised. That's what we're going to be looking at, right? Yes, sir. Um, and for those who might not be familiar with the Senior Bowl, it's probably the top all-star game for college players out there. I mean, you have to be a senior or have graduated, I believe, to play in it. Um, and so you're getting to look at a lot of the best draft prospects out there who are seniors or graduated because they're they're all playing in this game. There's 100-some players out there, 125, I believe, here in Mobile. And we will be we were at practice today for day one. We'll be at practice tomorrow for day two. We'll be at practice on Thursday for day three. And we're gonna bring you episodes about each one. So three days, three three days practice, three podcasts. But let's jump into it, Robert. Uh, who was who was your favorite player that you saw today? Oh gracious! I mean, I've mentally split it between national and American team. Am I allowed to talk about both? Yeah, absolutely. So if I was gonna talk about a favorite guy that I saw on the national side, it would be wide receiver Jaden Reed. So that's number one out here. He's wearing a Michigan State uniform, uh, or at least a Michigan State helmet. He's a foot frequency receiver that I hope he runs a four four for his own sake. Like five eleven, but competitive as all get out. Nobody can keep up with him. I mean, yeah. his breaks are so tight and precise that he's running corners ragged. Really, the only corner that I thought looked especially good was Mekki Becton out of USC, who had himself a solid day. Q Blue Kelly no, looked all right. That's not New York Jets offensive tackle, Mekhi Becton, is it? No, it's a separate guy. Like, But M-E-K-H-I yeah. Becton. So I'm going to pronounce it Mekki because if it was Mekhi Becton, that would be, oh, Mekhi Blackman. Oh, I am getting the okay. Becton wrong. See, that's a senior bowl faux pas, right? Um, but so I really like Michael Wilson out of Stanford, but he is he's showing really good movement ability, really good ability to separate, but he kind of gets fighty at the contact point, and it slows his ability to actually haul in a catch or process contact down. Uh, I think Reed stood out. I really like Sidney Brown from the Illini side. And then Durham Payne, the tight end, whenever I did get a chance to watch him, he looked like himself. I mean, he didn't look slowed down by the moment at all. There are some of these guys that basically as you watch the Senior Bowl, they either look like they already normally did uh, and the step up in competition doesn't bother their game. That's usually a good sign. And then there's the guys who don't look like that yeah. and they get blasted. Not to take Andre Carter away from you, but I know he's a guy who did not look like his film did at Army. When you're watching these guys, especially to use an example, we're going to be talking about Cody Mock. Uh, was it Christian Watson is a really good example from last year. If they go from FCS to the Senior Bowl and they still look like exactly the same level of flair, that's usually a good sign. Now, yeah. the American side. On yeah. the Cody Mock note, I wasn't going to touch on him in one of my favorite players or anything, but he clearly held up against mm -hmm. this level of competition. Like He looked like he belonged here today. Absolutely. And on the American side, we got saw some crazy corner talent. 
I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be anything that the Bears specifically, because I know I cover the Bears a lot, are going to be focused on. But the or but Julius Brents, Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, Brents out of Kansas State. Uh, I thought Rejon Wright didn't look quite on their level, but he's a long physical corner that's going to beat the snot out of you, and that's more than some corners can say because they'll just get lost at the NFL level. Uh, I thought Rashi Rice, the receiver, looked all right. The Z receivers, Mingo and Hutchinson, both struggled because as far as press releases go and basically anything that involved like competitive man coverage, they were getting muscled out pretty bad until the team portion. But it was honestly a pretty wild day back and forth on the American side where the hardest thing, and I mean, I know you know this because we both cover the Bears, yeah. really good defense tends to make both sides kind of look bad because yeah. it makes the offense against them look like it's they're ineffective. And then when the offense does finally break the defense to some degree, it's rarely, wow, that offensive play looks really good. And it looks yeah. more like they're taking L's. You're looking for dominance and neither side between receiver and DB really dominated. Interesting. There. At least that's what I saw yeah. where Rushy Rice is the best example. I would argue that he didn't take any definitive L's, but he didn't have any massive dubs. The only receiver that really stood out was Nathaniel Dell, the tiny little uh, 5'8". He measured 5'8", 163 pounds out of Houston, and he was breaking like nobody else. He looked smooth out there. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, that's tiny, though. That's the issue, right, is I think it was Chicago Football Connection on Twitter just tweeted out that since 2000, if you combined the, statistics, the statistics of every receiver out there under 5'8 and 165 pounds, so under 5'10 and 165 pounds, which Nathaniel Dell definitely is, you're looking at a combined stat line career-wide of 19 catches for 305 yards and one touchdown. So the question becomes, is Nathaniel Dell the exception? And I got to be honest with you, Q, I'm just not so sure. When I watch him at Houston, he was a lot less impressive than he is on one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl. That's the exact kind of player that I wonder if the narrative runs away as this guy won, which he did, but he didn't win in a way that I think will translate to 11-on-11 football because it doesn't become a penalty shootout ever. Like one-on-ones yeah. are just only so important. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll go ahead and go through go through a few of my favorite players today. Um, first was an easy one for me on the American team. I believe it was was number 95, Keanu Benton, uh, interior D lineman, defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. The guy just looked. He looked like the best player on the field to me all day. I mean, he was just making plays. He was in, especially in the agility drills. He looked really good and. I believe that actually last week when I was on Robert's show, someone had mentioned that he has a bit of a chip on his shoulder over being called a run stuffer because he sees himself as a pass rushing interior defensive lineman. And he showed it today. He looked very good, very impressive. Um, a guy who was a two-time state qualifier in wrestling in the state of Indiana in high school he he has chops to play the interior D line in the NFL and to get after the passer. So he was my favorite guy to watch today. Um, second favorite was Wanya Morris, right tackle out of Oklahoma. Um, he just he looked good. He just he just looks good. Like I athletic, good mover. He lost some weight since he started out his college career at Tennessee. Struggled there playing left tackle. Transferred to Oklahoma lost some weight and I actually spoke to him after the practice. And he said that, yeah, he, he just 
cut down some baby fat and a lot of credit to the Oklahoma trainers for the work that they did with him to cut some weight. And it, it helped his athleticism really start to shine. Um, and it shined today. He, he had some really nice recoveries on plays that would have been bad beats for a lot of players. And he had some really nice, just flat out good reps where a recovery was not needed. Um, third was Blake Freeland, who I wasn't expecting to put on here. Now, this, this is a bit big offensive tackle out of BYU. He stands six foot eight, I think. And on film, I leading up to the senior bowl watching him, I thought his feet were kind of stuck in the mud a lot of the times. And it, it looked quick today. He he awesome. he I, he had his share of bad reps, but he also had some really impressive reps, which made me think I need to watch some more of this guy's film, some more of his 2022, especially see if it's got better throughout the season, because he looked like a guy who should be ranked higher than I currently have him ranked. Um, now let's get on to the next group. Who are your three biggest surprises today, Robert? Okay, hang on. Before we do, you're really going all the way through your favorite section, and you're not going to talk about the senior bowl story of stories at offensive tackle. Oh, well. Jones. Dewan Jones, the longest man on earth. <laughs> he's a monster. He's a monster. He looked great today. He was dominant yeah. right there. I mean, I, and, and he's probably he is not on my him and Darnell Wright both are not on my favorite players list because I expected this. And I wasn't watching them closely because every time I turned my head and looked in, they were doing exactly what I expected them to do. That's so, the thing. Like, I mean, to your exact point, we talked about this before that. Favorite players and even surprises yeah. like the senior bowl is loaded with a bunch of priors. Yeah. I can tell you that I thought DeMarvion Overshone looked good. I saw him make yeah. one play because I wasn't watching the linebackers. Yeah. I just already liked DeMarvion Overshone. So seeing him running around yeah. out there makes me feel good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so, like, would you use an example with receiver Michael Wilson? Like, I could call him a surprise. It's not a surprise. I was showing him around to anybody that would listen, <laughs> like you, before yeah. before we actually went. So there's a ton of this stuff that, like, do you use the two examples you used, uh, Dewan Jones and Darnell Wright. Wright. We have been talking about those guys in building the board yeah. meetings for weeks. Like, the idea that they came out and looked like potential first rounders isn't new to. Us, which isn't to be like, yeah. oh, aren't we cool? It's more to say that coming to the Senior Bowl, we're trying to take a look at those guys that are considered in the fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. maybe third round and see who can really elevate themselves, who looks like a player at the next level. And guys like Darnell Wright, I mean, when they come out there and they just smoke people. Like, yeah. What's new? It's still fun to see. <laughs> but you can't just sit there ooing and eyeing at it all day or else you'll learn nothing. Right. <laughs> I think as far as surprises go, uh, on the national side, Puka Nasua, uh, Puka Nachua, might be Nakua even. Um, I've heard a lot of debate now suddenly about his name as of the last hour, but he looked good. Now, how much of that is because he had his quarterback in Jaron Hall there that during the team drills has a much better feel for specifically that receiver than anybody else. And he's a wide receiver? Mm -hmm. He's okay. a wide receiver wearing number 17. He listed uh, at 6-1 and a little bit at 206 and he's got legit speed and smoked Baylor a couple times in both 20 or in 2011 because in 2012 he wasn't healthy has a couple of injury issues or but looks 21 22 uh yeah 2021 and so he looked solid I thought uh I was actually pretty surprised by what 
uh, Cube Blue Kelly was able to bring because he's not a corner or he's a corner from Stanford that I wasn't crazy about in the one game that I watched him, but I thought he really brought it today. Another example of a player that I certainly think surprised me, honestly, I mean, Tank, Tank Dell is like the biggest surprise. I didn't think he looked that agile yeah. and his agility was really something else. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Darius Rush looked solid. You know, I wish honestly that I could have seen more of the tight ends, but I will give one of my surprises to Cameron Latu, who yeah. I thought looked incredibly unspectacular in the <laughs> Alabama footage that I watched of him against AM and against Texas. But out here, the smooth factor in the way that he does everything, like I would tell you with a straight face that I think Latu is a guy who's going to test like a guy. I mean, it's not as if I think he's going to look crazy on the bench. I don't think he's going to look crazy in his speed. Yeah. I don't think his agility is going to look crazy. But he rounds – or like not rounds. He is beautifully smooth in almost all of his movements. I would dare say that even though he weighed in at 256, it's hard to believe because both of us remarked that he looked kind of small out there yeah. today. But he caught most of the passes in team drills from a tight end where guys like Braden Willis, guys like Luke Musgrave, guys like uh, even Will Mallory, I'm a little more excited about from the tight end perspective. But you got to give it to the guy who establishes trust that quickly. It's yeah. just a matter of whether that's going to make an impact to the NFL level. Yeah. Great. Um, jumping into mine here. So my first one was Nick Broeker, I think is how you pronounce it. That's B-R-O-E-K-E-R. Uh, offensive guard. Out of, yeah, Broker or Broeker. I'm not sure which one. But uh, offensive guard out of Ole Miss. Uh, I was not expecting him to be one of my surprises today. Because when I, when I put on his film from Ole Miss, I just kind of – I saw a guy – I just saw a guy who can, you know, be filler in the NFL. But as I'm tallying up my sheet at the end of the practice today, and I, and when I'm t when I'm making my my uh, pluses and minuses on my sheet, I don't know who I don't know the players' names. You know, I just I'm writing down numbers under a plus column or a minus column. And he had he was one of the guys with the most pluses, so he was doing something right today. He was just playing sound football and being where he's supposed to be. And I thought that, you know, sometimes for O-line, that's all you need to do. So I'm interested to see how he does tomorrow and the next day. I, I want to track his progress now because I, I was clearly impressed by him today. So I want to see if he can continue that. Um, second is a guy who I didn't watch. The, the last two are guys who I didn't watch coming into this. Uh, they were late additions onto the roster. The first is defensive lineman Adam Korsak out of Rutgers. Um, he just, he made some plays like there, there's there, when you're watching this in the stands, you see, see the helmet, you know, and you go, I can't, I can't place that helmet. I, I don't recognize the number from the film stuff I did. And I don't know who that guy is, but he's just playing good football. He's winning some one-on-ones and, uh, just making life hard on some of the offensive linemen in the one-on-ones and making them look silly. Some guys who you you like in this class or I liked in this class coming in and he's, he's making them look like, should I like them? So makes me think, should I like Alex Corsak? <laughs> I'll find out. I got to watch more of them. Um, next up was a defensive tackle out of Arizona state. That's Nesta Jade Silvera from the start of the American team's warmups. I was, I was seeing this guy. He was, off the, like even in you know the simplest of warm-ups where the coach has the ball on a stick and he's pulling it 
and everyone comes out. He was consistently the first off the line. He looked good in the agility drills. Then he carried that over into one-on-ones, looked good, carried it over in a team. He just he had a good day in every phase of the practice. So that was a surprise to me for a guy who I hadn't heard of before today out of Arizona State, which, you know, isn't a bad football place, but it wasn't a powerhouse this year or any year recently. So it's it's a name that I, w- I want to continue to watch and see if he can grow through the practices. Uh, but did you have any other thoughts on today? Honestly, I think the hardest part about senior bowl practices is that I could sit here and I could tell you everybody that I thought looked good, but it's actually pretty hard to follow things out there. Yeah. Like I would love the chance to look back at this actual senior bowl tape and I may change my own perspective because there's a lot of guys I walked out there. Like let's use Xavier Hutchinson. I did not mention his name. It's not that I think he sucked or something, but he definitely didn't have the day that I think I wanted out of one of my favorite receivers in this class. But at the same time, Senior Bowl isn't exactly real football. It's real football practice, but it's not real football. I mean, they're too touching at the end of team drills. You're not seeing anybody really try to avoid contact. And when you do avoid contact, the defender acts like they did it on purpose because like they act as if they let the offensive player go on purpose. That is, there's a lot of quote runs for touchdowns at the senior bowl. And the only reason I even say any of this is because last year, I think I was a little more willing to be like firm on things that I was going to pretend like I was really confident about. But this year, I mean, I'm amazed at how much I need day two just so that I can reinforce what I'm seeing out there. Because while I get it, players are going to perform differently on every day. There's also an aspect of this where it's like, I could probably clone myself five times and still not see everything, especially given how, okay, one other piece of this, the coaching uh, this year isn't two staffs. It's two amalgamation staffs based of a bunch of assistants. And what that meant was we got two extremely different practices, didn't we, Q? Yeah. Or one was helter-skelter and honestly kind of hard to follow. Like they were doing some one-on-ones, but they didn't do – second team, for instance, the American team did three sets of one-on-ones and three sets of reps at three different styles of drills. And you got a really good feel for – who these corners matching up against these receivers were. It was a showcase, if you will. Yeah. The the other was a little more practicey with a lot of randomly spliced in special teams and the occasional team drill and the occasional seven. So it was like, seven. Yeah, they, they, they did a positional drill that or actually let me see. I think I had oh no, I had on my notes here. But they did a positional drill, then they did a group drill where it's like O line, D line cornerback receiver then they went back to a positional drill where it's just like o-line or just d-line or just wide receiver and they went back to another group drill where it's and d-line like it was it was just all over the place and it was it was hard to even keep notes straight at that point because you're going back to oh wait i, I had positional drills up here but i don't have that much space up here right. anymore and it was uh it was definitely tougher to follow it's all to say that there's a lot of this that comes with a grain of salt. I mean, I know I'm already debating with myself on like, who am I going to push up a board and who am I not going to push up a board? Because when somebody like Nathaniel Dell goes out there and whoops, but, but there's just 
no statistical precedent for a receiver like that being successful, it definitely brings you back to the drawing board a little bit. But I think I want to see a little bit more from the guys that I really expected to dominate. I mean, Rushy Rice has a little bit of lumber in the way that he moves around, but I'd love to see a little bit more dynamic movement from him tomorrow. Because as good as Julius Brents is, you can only give a receiver so many passes for not executing against corners that are playing in an NFL level. And that's not to say Rasheed Rice looked bad. Rasheed Rice made plenty of competitive catches, but, I mean, you've seen it out there, Q. When I'm watching CBs and wide receivers and they've got the whole field to run, it just doesn't mirror what getting open on a slant is like at the NFL level, where not only do you have to wiggle past the corner, but you have to beat him quick enough to where the linebacker can't get involved. And sometimes you see a lot of these catches. Like you'll get the occasional rep like Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami had where he like run ran the route for his receiver, which is really impressive in a wide receiver one-on-one setting. But in many of these cases, you know what I'm talking about. The wide yeah. receiver wins the route, but it's just never going to be open yeah. at the NFL level. And lo and behold, that receiver can't do that when they yeah. get to the NFL level. Yeah, and I think going into day two, one of the things and day three thereafter, one of the things that really will start to stand out is how these guys adjust. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are going up against the same guys for three straight days. Right. So tomorrow is Isaiah Foskey going to attack Wanya Morris? The say, or I mean, they're on different teams, but is, is he, is he going to attack one of the offensive tackles the same way that he did today? Or is he going to say, I even if he didn't have a rep against that offensive tackle who he's going against tomorrow, he might have seen the rep that someone else had, saw what didn't work, and say, Well, I think I can make this other move work. I think I can make this hesitation work instead and cut back inside instead of trying to run up the circle on him. And that's the type of stuff that is really gonna get interesting, seeing how these players make little adjustments to each other. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think that's all we've got. So thank you for tuning in. We'll be back to you guys tomorrow with another episode recapping day two. And no matter what you do, do not sleep on the lines. Adios.